Keeping it real Tuesdays. We back in grand fashion. You hear the beat? <laughs> Let's get ready to get into this Keeping It Real Tuesday. Let's go. Let's go. Keeping it real on Tuesday. Keep keeping it real on Tuesday. Day. Y'all already know that we back with some good shit. Can't say that, but we back with some good shit. And I got a special guest today. This is April 20th, 2021. Folks, out there to all my listeners, supporters, and sponsors that keep doing it, keep clicking, keep enjoying our content, and you showing our team some love. Give me some love. Give me some love. Keep that on the low, though. But anyway, today on Keeping It Real, we have a special guest Tuesday. We have my man Kenny Timpson, co-founder and co-owner of She-Hawk Apparel. It's coming out pretty soon. You guys wait, but don't wait too too long. It's coming out. You check it out. And it's a, it's a, basically it's for women. Well, let me shut up and I'm going to let Mr. Timpson explain it. So, and his product. Cause, but I, I could tell you this, the logo is beautiful. Trust me. Anyway, so we're going to get back to keeping it real on Tuesday. Today we're going to be talking about, you know, that shit that's going on in Minneapolis. So without further ado, how are you? Mr. Timpson, and thank you for joining. Keeping it real. <laughs> hey, man, I'm good and better than most. Amen. Mm-mm-mm. So how is the how is the weather in in, where, in uh, Ocean Shores, Washington? That's right. That's where you that's where you reside. There. Yeah, today's one of them gloomy days, but still lovable. You know, above ground every day, loving life, playing with the grandbabies. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, everybody across the globe is looking at not one, but two cases in Minneapolis where two black men murdered the hands of policemen, not the hands, the knees and the mistake taser. So uh, (laughs) I'm just wondering, you know, in your opinion, how do you feel about we will start with the. George Floyd, uh, we'll just go with the trial. And then we'll we'll go into about Miss Potter. So how do you feel about, you know, the the trial and everything that's going on up there? Well, to me it's amazing that it's even happening. Mm-hmm. And uh I'm glad that someone's finally putting a better light on it and it's not a uh a closed event where the police is siding with the police, whether good, bad, or ugly. I'm glad to see that it's been exposed for the truth of what it is, and even the officers 
firing against another officer, that's kind of unheard of. And, man, I just, um, man, it's hard to say because I, I don't like the way that they try to downplay George Floyd as if it, it was his fault that he died because of his uh, drug abuse or his uh, health. Mm-hmm. And we know that, that poor people, especially minorities, have a poor health record anyways. Mm-hmm. So, so no matter what condition the man was in, when you cut a man's air off, you know, that's, he need that to live. That's number one almost to even survive. Right. You know, but I, I like the direction that the trial is going. You know, I mean, everything's out there. Everything's exposed. Uh, I think almost every rock has been turned over. Mm. So it, it, it makes me feel good that, you know, um, I just hope it's a positive outcome. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, you know, and I, I, and I think for a lot of people, seeing a man die on TV was, uh, it was totally different from what you would expect a person to die, you know, because no one thinks that you died so calmly, peacefully type. Uh, more people probably look for some aggravation, you know, moving around and, you know, convulsions and, it was so peaceful the way he died, so for a lot of people, they didn't believe it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, death comes in so many different ways, and thank God it wasn't a violent death. Right. You know? And I think that was the peace and love of God, you know, the grace of God showing us, you know, how easy life can be taken. You know, it's um, it, it's just amazing to watch, man. Mm-hmm. You know, then I see the multitude of people you know, of all colors, all ages, I mean, all over the world, just tired. Tired of being abused, tired of being just stepped on, spit on, and just kicked to the side, you mm-hmm. know. And it was always thought it was minorities, but we see it's a lot of people who felt the same thing, no matter what color they are. Right. So, I just, um, man, you know, I'm mm-hmm. on pins and needles waiting for the, for the verdict, you know what I mean? Right. But, well, but, um, for my PTI, for my for my opinion on it, I you know I I look at you know man I look at the whole panoramic view of it just as well as you do. But you know everybody have their own different opinion, and you know right. you coming on the show. I really thank you for coming on because you know you have a strong voice and you have a parallel line that's going to be really hot. Uh, so I I look thank at you. it. You're welcome. I looked at um, the, what was that, uh, 0506 arrest of uh, George Floyd. And I saw where he was inside of a car by himself. And I believe that he was a uh, a person that, you know, did drugs, closet, you know, closet drug, you know, user. Uh, you know, like I said before, I'm on my other shows, you know, that's people do what they do. But maybe do that yeah. in the comfort of your home or somewhere, you know. But he did the same thing where they, he's like, I got, I'm claustrophobic, I'm this and I'm that. But basically you were sitting inside of a car with no one in there and you was in there in the passenger seat. So mm-hmm. every, you know, every time that, that first time they arrested him, he, he yelled out for his mom the, mm-hmm. that, that time. That was a year before he that situation happened to him. So... Yeah. I was looking at it like, man, you know, Mr. Floyd had some 
mental issues. He had some mental he had some mental issues and and the the drug was his vice to kind of you know put him at ease or what calm calmed him down and yeah. um I believe he had previously had guns pulled on him by the police or whatnot and um so the second time and I'm gonna hurry up the second time they were a little they were way a little too forceful for him, but he put himself in that situation and it was a gentleman that was standing there before they did it he was like man you you can't win man just give up and the same gentleman yeah. was at the trial crying because he sat there and watched yeah. maybe his friend die so it's like when they pulled him out the car mr chavis came up with a chokehold on his neck you know put him down uh yeah. and that that looked to me straight up honestly clear-cut murder and I want to say to, uh, you know, to Derek, you know, I I did a, you know, I looked at his background. He was a, a very respectable, him and his wife, a very respectable couple in the, in the, you know, in the community. Whereas his wife, she won uh, Miss Minneapolis, I believe was 2019. And um, whatever the case may be, like she divorced him. Right before, you know, uh, George Floyd uh, family went for the, uh, you know, the civil suit. You know, they went after wow. the paper. So she divorced him, took 720-something thousand, left him with 421,000. So whatever, you know, whatever him and his wife were doing, they, they, you know, that's a lot of money to have and you're just an officer. And so I say this in my closing on this one. Well, Derek, you had a bad fucking day and that bad fucking day cost you a lot of shit because I seen, yeah. I saw him on a video where he was clean cut with his wife walking her across where she won, mm -hmm. you know, this award. And then to see yeah. him in a situation that he was in, maybe he had a bad, you know, him and his wife were going through things and Mr. Floyd just happened to be that in that victim. And that's what it, yeah. yeah. Keeping it real. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. The, the the way I looked at it too was um, the fear. You know, both of them were scared. You know, George George Floyd was overwhelmingly scared, and I think it's inherent because it's been distilled and instilled in people, especially white people, that black people are always a predator, always wanting to destroy. Uh, uh, disregard, you know, things of that nature. And when anybody, if you pull a gun on me, I'm going to be scared too. Mm -hmm. And then a police is notorious, you know, at the, in these times to, you know, shoot first, ask questions later. Come on, I man. think if they had a, yeah, I think they had approached him without the weapons drawn, you know, mm -hmm. I think it would have been a better outcome. Right. You know, but that put the fear in him. And not to say that he did, he knew some of the officers because he worked security. So mm -hmm. they already kind of knew who he was. Mm -hmm. And they already kind of knew his history. So that's another thing that, you know, that kind of, you know, uh, twists my mind. It kind of clouds it. Right. But I just try to keep even. You know, I don't choose one side or the other. And, you know, and, and, and being put into that, um, 
the squad car, I mean, this is a big, massive man. He's already in fear, you know. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times when criminals do something, they always say it wasn't me. So imagine the person that really didn't do it. He's just being grouped into that same situation with the rest of them because that's what all the criminals say. I didn't do it. It wasn't Mm -hmm. me. And so how do they discern who's telling the truth or not? But I think once they had him in the car, you know, they didn't have to take it no further. All they really had to do was push his feet up there and slam the door. Mm -hmm. But since he was being agitated and can't breathe and all this, so they decided to hog tie him. So you're going to pull him out, you know, and the man is willing to comply if you just let him have some of his um, humanity. Yeah. You know, some respect. Yeah, let, let him sit back. Yeah. You know. Take him let out. Him gather him. Yeah, that's right. Take him yeah. out, let him stand up. Get some breathing there. Yeah. So he said, I'll sit on the curb. I'll sit down. I'll lay down. He right. was already willing and compliant. He just didn't want to be trapped in that car like that. Right. You know, but I, I do understand what's going on because years ago as I grew up, I grew up in a lot and everything was so even, so transparent, you could see it. Mm-hmm. So when they had a hiring of officers, uh, my brother-in-law was going to be a police officer, my, my niece and all, you know. Mm-hmm. So from the academy, not only came the local people, but a lot of ex-servicemen coming out of the military. Mm-hmm. And what you have with that, too, is fear. You know, these guys been fighting wars, been practicing war, you know what I'm saying? And so that comes over into the uh, population. Now you got people who got war minds, military minds, wanting to uh, now uh, police people. Around civilians, yes. Mm Yeah, civilians. And it's a fear. It's a total scare fear. You know, on both parties, because I don't know what you're going to do, and I don't know what you're going to do. So, hey, basically the man with the gun usually wins, mm-hmm. you know. But we're so, but, but black people and minorities are so terrified that they're willing to take that chance of dying to get away, mm-hmm. which is, to me, kind of senseless. Mm-hmm. You know, we can all look in hindsight and say, yeah, he should have just complied. Well, if you're scared, it's hard to comply with fear. Well, my thing is, because, my thing is, if you, if you don't mind, what are they, you know, what are you scared of? I mean, if you are this hardened criminal, not, not all, with some, mm-hmm. if you this hardened criminal, you shouldn't be scared, man, you can go back to jail and, and do your time and, and just, you know, forget about it. But, well, that's a, if you take well, the, well, I don't mean to cut you off there, but no, that's really a, a that's a myth and a joke about being a hardened criminal. Well, I'm just I, saying I in their in their minds, in their minds, because yeah, yeah. trust me, well, I trust me. That's people I know. I've been there. If you gon' mm-hmm. you gonna take that, you gonna take that chance. The only mm-hmm. option that you have is either go, you get arrested, or you die. Either you just go and just say, "Hey, man, you call me. Let me go and go do my time." But some of them. In their minds at that time, they're not trying to do that time. They would rather just... No. Yeah. And and they want to act out. Right. So by the time they do get to jail, here's a jacket that comes along with them. Oh, man, that dude, man, he ain't about it. Man, that, he fought the police, you know, all this. 
Mm-hmm. But I, I noticed this, once they get in jail, more than half of them comply. Right. They lift. They listen to the COs, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. When they say something to them, yes, sir, or they call them by the name, they respect the people, you know what I'm saying? But out here in the streets, I don't know, you're the baddest thing moving mm-hmm. because you don't have nothing monitoring you, nothing regulating you. Mm-hmm. You know, got got a mommy and daddy's house, now you got free will. Mm-hmm. See, along with that free will comes responsibility. Right. You know, for me, I could always hear my mom in, in the back of my head saying, <laughs> I wouldn't do that, you know. You got to you got to deal with me, you know. And that kind of kept me from being a monster, mm-hmm. you know. It, it 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 always kept me respecting people at all times, no matter what I was doing and who they were. I respect people for who they are, you know. Right. And then when you got all these so-called hardened criminals, these street thugs, and all this, they they really ain't. It's just a persona that's been thrown on them to make you think this. Right. Really? You know what I'm saying? They're they're a bunch of hungry people trying to get some money. You know, this whole country is based on money. So if they're left out of the equation, how do they pay their bills? They need a job. If they can't get a job, how do they survive? Right. You know, this is the first time that all this stuff has happened. You know, and then the backtrack on how this whole thing came to be with George Floyd about the fake bill this is what happened to a friend of mine. He passed a bill, didn't even know it was at McDonald's. They called, cops came. They took his name, information, and the money and gave him uh, a summons or a ticket. That's all they did. Because it's really not a hardened crime to pass a phony bill. They will ask you, where'd you go? So they will backtrack it. All your stops, everything you did. They didn't even get a man that. They just went to straight arrest him. And he might not be. We don't even know if he knew it was a fake bill or not. You know what I'm saying? And if you look at the video when he was in the store, he was with other people. You know what I'm saying? And then they said he was with a a, a, a supposed drug dealer. How you know this drug dealer didn't get the money from somebody running game on a drug dealer mm-hmm. and him not knowing. Right. You know, could have possibly, this is all hypothetical, he could have possibly got, the, George could have got the bill from his boy, like, here, man, go get some. Mm-hmm. You know, and it could have just been as typical as that, but for the police to come and just over-police, that was just, you know, right. just a little too much. You know what I'm saying? Right. It just, that was just a little too much. Mm-hmm. where you could have just handled that stuff, man. You didn't have to arrest him. You didn't have to beat him up. You didn't have to do none of that stuff. You could have called the paddy wagon. You know what I'm saying? Like they used to back in the day. They put the people in the paddy wagon, big old bus, come get you type of thing. Right. <laughs> yeah, they got to... You can't... They, uh, go ahead. Yeah, they got, a, they got some mess to, to deal with out there. But I like... <clears throat> I see the way they got the... The uh, armed forces out there, they got the guards waiting out there because of, you know, the outcome of the verdict. But I don't think people, if he's found guilty, I don't believe people are going to be doing no rooting and rioting and all that down there. So I don't know why they got the people set up. I don't want to talk over the, but the Maxine Waters comments, you know, kind of threw a monkey wrench in it because maybe she, you know, maybe like, 
a lot of people say maybe she need to just shut up or maybe you shouldn't you shouldn't have said what you've said at this particular time. So yeah. because yeah. she's a woman in power mm-hmm. voted by the people, so her constituents and people like that are gonna listen to her because yeah. of the thing from the capital. So they so you know they're gonna say, hey, like the 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 Republicans are saying, hey, you said that about uh, O'Donnell. He's citing the riots. Well, what you think about what she said, you know? Um, Works yeah. both ways. It does. It does. And like I was telling you earlier, she just spoke too soon. She, she has the right to speak, even as a public official. She has that right. But you have to know when to and when not to. Right. Because just like you said, that could incite some people for not even thinking about this, but it's brought to their attention through their congressperson, right. you know, their senator. When we all know this is all groundbreaking uh, uh, trial, mm-hmm. so you have to sit back and watch the outcome before you speak because when you put the cart before the horse, you can never go anywhere. Mm-hmm. You'll be stand, it'll be a stagnation. It will stand still. It won't move forward. So, if her words hurts this case in appeal, how will she feel, and how will the rest of these people feel? Mm-hmm. You know, because like I told you, my my cousin and my brother, my brother was saying, Shh, you know, kind of hush, Maxine, just wait till it. we all know what we want the outcome to be. But then my cousin chimes in, all she could say what she wants. You've been bamboozled and uh, hoodwinked and all that. What you know? What are you talking about? Mm-hmm. You know, it, you know what I'm saying. If you understand people and politics, then you understand why my brother made that statement. He wasn't saying not to say it. Wrong time to say it, Maxine. Yeah. You know, and, and that's another thing, man. As as, as all of this, ever since Obama, mm-hmm. when I started into really politics heavy. And understanding politics, I see how people drew sides. I see how people act towards other people. And I grew up around Republicans, Independents, Democrats. My father was a, a well-known preacher, and we had dinners with these people. No matter who they were, they were mm-hmm. our friends. Mm-hmm. So over the course of time, after probably the 80s, after Reaganomics, did this thing really get out of hand where we start claiming one side or the other? Either you're Democrat or you're Republican. Either you're white or black. You can't be in the middle. You got, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, where is all this coming from? What happened to the united love that we're supposed to have for each other? Right. You know, we're a conglomerate of different states united as one. Right. You know, in my understanding, when they first started, they wanted individual countries these states were like individual countries you know and then they recognized that this couldn't work like this you know you have so many different nationalities and races coming over here to build this country and make this country right you know it's, it's been consumed and assumed by by us all there's not one side better than the other and it's funny how one side wants to claim they're better than another like in a sporting event and even in sports, if you lose, you lose. Mm-hmm. You go back and try, uh, you know what I'm saying, recruit better players, uh, you know what I'm saying, 
pump your team up some kind of way, get a better coach. Right. But in politics, they dig in and they pile more money on top of, you know, poor candidates, poor reasons. You know, mm-hmm. we could do so much better for ourselves if we just, you know, mm-hmm. like, like, like Flavor Flav and, and Public Enemy said, don't believe the hype. You know, mm-hmm. don't right. believe the hype. Leave right. it alone. Let's see what happens. Let's do what's best for us. You know, right. I think you know. I think <clears throat> on this on this case, this verdict. Um, but when earlier this week, the uh, defense tried to ask for a uh, a mistrial, that was denied. <clears throat> so that was a you know for the prosecution prosecutors and you know the state that was a good good thing. But I believe that strongly that they're just going to find him, you know, find him guilty. And um, but what what, you know, as Americans, everybody, we hate we hate him. We this and that and what, what, what. But just to think about it, like, what is he what is he really going to is he really going to suffer for this? No, he's not. He's gonna go. No. He's, he may. He gonna go do time. But like I said before, he got a brotherhood. He ain't gonna do no time. He gonna get a movie deal. He gonna get a lot of things out of this this situation. So, whatever, all of us across the globe, if we, if we understand the situation, yeah, Mr. Floyd is gone. You know, we, you know, we move on and get stronger. But you gotta, you gotta really look at the justice system too. In this, uh, yeah. yeah, in this, uh, this case, in both cases, because remember, I was, you know, I was telling you, you know, talking about the, the Kim Potter and you know the, um, you know, Mister the Wright, Mister Wright, uh, and you know, and he, yeah, and he may be, he may be a very nice man. I haven't got time to figure that out. You know, all I know is you got a uniform and a gun. You know, trying to relate to him that way. You know, that's the only way to relate to him at all. Because one of us is going to, one of us may have to die. One of us, bro. You know, in New York, there's a, a big campaign going on to humanize the um, policemen. And they have post bo- uh, billboards upstate. And they have a picture of this big cop bending over this little blonde girl. Mm-hmm. And, and the signs say, and some people call him pig. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to buy a billboard. I told a friend of mine, I want to buy a billboard and show this big cop and this 14-year-old kid with 30 bullets in him. And saying, some people call him peacemaker. You know that's it's unfortunate in both cases, uh, but they actually uh, like uh, like last week they you know they they uh, charged her with that and I saw on TV where they had a her house barricaded up, you know her family oh, wow. yeah her family got moved yeah. out of there, you know they're out, that's, you know that's fear yeah that's, that's what I mean about the fear yeah you know. Yes, she, yes, she, see, when I looked at that, man. Well, careless, careless, careless. Uh, yeah, careless. because the, I didn't understand what she was doing. I didn't understand that she was the one with the camera walking up on the officer who was arresting the young man. Right. You know, he got ready to put the cuffs on, and then he stopped and turned it, and she was saying something to him, and the little kid broke away. But here you got two 
officers, three on, on, on site, two trying to handle the little kid. He's wiry, he's stringy, and you didn't have to draw a gun. Mm-hmm. The man posed no threat. Keeping it real. He was trying to, you know what I'm saying? He was trying to get away. That, that's what I said about the fear and the scare. Right. They're scared. Right. All of them scared. So the only thing that lady had to do was grab that kid by his pant waist, pull him by his, by his belt, by his pants. You pull him out the car, no problem. Right. But you pull a gun, and it's a taser, and nobody's smart enough to say, hey, that ain't a taser. Mm. Even the other officer with her in training, and this woman's training these officers. Mm-hmm. You see, that's a, that, that was a bad scenario right there. 26-year vet. Come on, man. How did you miss that? How do you pull something from your right side when you should have pulled it across from your left side? Right. But you, you know, don't, but I got scared. Right. You scared. don't, in that, in that position, they got a body cam, so you don't have to hold a camera. So both of your arms are free, and you are well yeah. aware of which side, left side is the taser, right side is the the maker, the peacemaker. Yeah, but you know the thing about it too, man. They're trained hand-to-hand combat. Right. That's what they're trained. They're not only trained to shoot people. The the, the gun is the last resort. Mm-hmm. When you're in fear of your life, someone's going to kill you. You have a split decision, or if someone's running away. You're supposed to hit them with the taser if you can. You ain't supposed to shoot a person just because you can. Right. You know that that's for defense of your life to keep your life keep you well. They can, you know legally, right? They can legally kill with their hands because they're trained to, you know, if they if they have to, yeah, yeah, they have to. Well, then, well, then here you talk about. I mean, not females or anything, but here's a woman officer, twenty six years. I mean, how well did she train or have been training? Mm. You know, right? Women lose their strength before men lose their strength. You know, as we get older, so she might not have been strong enough or just felt capable because at my age, and I feel that way sometimes that I'm not strong enough, mm. you know, because I look at some of these young fools, too, that, you know, they be talking crazy, and I just look at them, I size them up to figure out how I'm going to handle it if I got to deal with something. Right. Ain't that you know? a shame? Yeah. yeah, because I remember I was in a, in a, in a parking lot, and I'm trying to leave. And these two guys are arguing over a parking space. One guy is, is uh, trying to back out handicap. The other guy is trying to drive through. Mm-hmm. And so here's here's two people getting into it. And this little young kid comes out of nowhere, out of his father's or uncle's car. And he's coming at this big handicapped dude. And he's not backing down. He's a Spanish dude from, like, L.A., he was saying. And he don't back down. But then I, I noticed that this kid had a knife on his hip. That looked like a a, a, a a Bowie knife, you know what I'm saying? It's mm-hmm. about twelve inches long, man. So I'm just like, yo, mm-hmm. and I made that decision to get out and try to defuse it. Right. So when I went, I said, man, look, please, man, just get in your car, leave this man alone, let him go. And then the man's wife started mouthing off. I said, man, get your woman. She's she's making it worse. Mm-hmm. I looked at the young kid and I put my hand on his chest and his heart was just banging, just beating. And he's, you know, he's wild. He's wrapped up. He's like, man, no. You know, I'm like, hey, man. I mean, come on. It, it's Thanksgiving. Mm. Is it really worth I mean, really. Is it really worth it 
for you to beat up this man right here, or he beat you up, you stab him, you do all this. It's, I mean, is it worth it? Right. And I just thank God the little kid thought about it, and they both walked away. Mm-hmm. You know, and, well, and, 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 I, and I thought to myself, imagine if I wasn't there. You right. know, imagine if this little kid had a gun, because this man didn't even know the boy had a knife. Right. You know. So it, it could have been a real ugly situation, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? But just, just think, know, and, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say, if, if people be, you know, more aware, more cordial of each other. Right. Because I was on both sides of the coin. Right. Yeah, it's my day to day, but it also could be your day too, and we bump heads. Mm-hmm. So one side going to come up, heads or tail, right. who going to win? I, you know what I'm saying? So right. I kind of look on that side when I have a you know problem with somebody. I kind of just dismiss it, you know, kind of you know in a favorable manner. Don't talk too slick, too quick, you know. Right. If they say something back, you know, you just say, you know, hey man, it ain't even about that, man. Right. You know, I just try to put love and peace on everybody. You know what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. love is going to win over hate. It right. always do. Right. Like nowadays. You know? You know, like nowadays, even with the George Floyd um, case, um, mm-hmm. where you had a um, a young lady, which went up to the one of the officers, Chow, uh, mm-hmm. went up to him and said, "Hey, I'm you know I'm a you know certified you know I'm a uh, you know work, my aunt, you know she works in a medical field. She was uh, 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 oh my gosh, yeah yeah she was an EM, EMI. She worked she worked she would." That to help. She was telling him how, you know, got to test, you know, re- resuscitate the guy. You know, you have to let him breathe. You know, you got to, you know, you know, help him out. Yeah. So yeah. they told her to get back. And then you, then there was the other African American gentleman. Then there was a little kid that they let testify to in this trial. That it mm-hmm. saw, you know, this gentleman, you know. Get murdered, and luckily they have the phones. You know, nowadays that's a really good, good thing to have. Good Samaritans yeah. that have, you know, the phones that yeah. can really catch these crimes. Not all yeah. can be caught. Not all crimes are caught. The, well, I told you, it's a it's a blessing and a curse that phone, but it it works for the better good overall. Right. No matter what it is, matter ugly, we get to see the truth. You know. Right. Our technology, I'd say, you know, the cameras everywhere where, uh, you know, uh, the businesses, they have them outside. Some of them have several. And, you know, even Ring, I give a shout out to Ring, R-I-N-G. You know, that's for, you know, your home and your, your community, those, yeah. you know, security. Uh, yeah, I'm Ring. When, <laughs> I'm Ringed up. <laughs> right. Amen. Now, when these, like these police officers, when they have these, these cam these cameras on them, the good ones, you know, you could you could say, you know, do their job. But then I'm wondering like when you have when they have these cameras, are they are they the policemen? Or are they the the demon? You know, are you the policeman to protect us? Are you this demon to catch you at this vulnerable catch an African American or anybody at that vulnerable position and be the 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 creator to say yeah today is your day to go and yeah that's funny because you know when I say that because now they're starting to defund the police world not worldwide but in America that 
it's it's come it's yeah. going down. Yes, like well, the, and yeah, the crime the, is up. The, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, what it is, what what they mean by defund is not take money away from the police and home. They're talking about defund all these special uh, units that are involved into the you know, like those no knock warrant people. You know, what I'm saying the SWAT. You know, mm-hmm. things like that who mm-hmm. go and actually terrorize people unnecessarily. Right. You know, they need to get back into the humanitarian part of uh, policing. Because when this thing used to be, it was like a sheriff and and, and, uh, and it was a peace officer, not a police officer. See, when it first started as a peace officer, you went to keep the peace, make the peace. Right. I remember going up. When even when parents, friends of ours were having arguments and stuff, police would come and just say, "Hey, look what y'all doing here." You know, wouldn't arrest nobody if you didn't have to. What's going on? Try to figure out the situation. You know, man could be drunk, woman could be drunk, something could be happening. You know, and he would separate them and say, "Hey, man, you got somewhere you can go? Hey, man, go spend the night at your friend's house." Or what's going on oh no we're all right all right keep it down mm-hmm. don't make me have to come back and that used to be enough right you know and then if you want to dig into it deeper of how i believe the police officers or officers came to be was they were the overseers of the plantations that would uh uh, uh, uh police or manage the slaves Mm-hmm. You know, they were the ones, the slaves run, they go see, you know, they go capture them, they go get them back, right. you know, and they, and that's what they were overseeing, they oversee the plantation for the master, right. so that same, that same realm, that same kind of thing is an officer now, mm. you know, give the right, just another title, know, to, <laughs> yeah, yeah, to, to, uh, to implement and enforce the laws of the land, right. however they may be. And so that's another inherent thing that's socially in our mind about the police officers. Right. You know, they went from, from a peace officer to police officer to military tactics. And that's what they want to defund out of the, the police departments, those right. military-style tactics. Right. You in, know, in the process... Yeah. Right. In the process you know, of yeah, but in the process of doing that, in Minneapolis, uh crime has went up. Carjacking, um yeah. murder. And this is across this yeah. is across America. The crime has went yeah. up. So I my myself, you know, like some people when they no no, let me say this. Not some people, but in Minneapolis. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's so bad out there where they have to grab other people that from other forces or people that's probably retired or, you know, people that, mm-hmm. you know, just getting on. So they bringing them in, you know, maybe yeah. maybe they should just break down the whole infrastructure of all of that everywhere across America, you know, break it down, do you know, reform, you know, start over, you know, take out the. All the corruption, if if they can, I know that's a long ass well, if. <laughs> if they can so, compensate, so it's, even, mm-hmm. it's simple as don't do it. 
You yeah, know what I'm saying? Yeah, well, just shit. Just do it. Yeah. That's what you have to do. Right. You don't have to, you don't have to do nothing but um, reprogram these people. You know? Just don't do it. When, when it comes to a question in your mind, you're supposed to take the higher road. But when you're trained that everybody who you come in contact with pretty much is a criminal or to them have broken the law, then that becomes their enemy. And so at all costs, they're going to do whatever they got to do to get you downtown. And then also, you know, they got quotas, mm-hmm. you know, arrest quotas and stuff. There's all like, like little secret hidden things behind the scenes that the police have to deal with. Yeah. And then you got the blue wall of silence, you know, where how can you tell me what to do? So right. imagine if that little, the, the little uh, Asian guy had a told COVID, hey man, get up off his knee, man, get up off his neck. Coven would have been pissed. That was his partner. Coven was the senior officer. So how would that reflect on that 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 man back at the precinct or through the brotherhood? Mm-hmm. But that little simple gesture, instead of just saying they get back, you know, they're doing their job, and he can look and see something ain't right, but he ignored it. See, they, it gets so deep and entangled. Right. You know, you. Can, Tell me what to do. I'm the superior on and on and on stuff. Right. But the whole idea of, of this, this, these police and all this is to save lives, to have people compliant to the law and try to obey the law the best they can. Keeping it real. They're supposed to go and make, mm-hmm. Yeah, they're, they're supposed to make a difference. They're not supposed to make it worse. Right. You know, and it, you know, I've been watching cops and, you know, all this for years, you know, court court TV and all that before it was even fashionable, mm-hmm. you know. And, and I remember my brother was on Cops. He got into it one of one of his um, one of his girlfriends about his uh, their daughter. The girl was young; she didn't know how to take care of no baby, you know. But she was out running and ripping. So my brother had a child for at least two, three weeks, almost a month. You know, we cooking. This baby's a newborn. Yeah, she running the street. So when she want to come get her baby, my brother said no, you know, so she didn't want to leave his house. He grabs her by her arms. He had a spool of keys in his hand and grabs her by her arm and puts her outside the door and shut the door. She go call the cops. Bad boys. Cops couldn't couldn't do nothing until they seen a cut on her wrist. Mm. And she asked, they asked her where it came from. I don't know, he probably could have cut me with his keys, you know, when he put me out the house. That's mm. all they needed. Mm. They, You know, I was right there, and I'm seeing everything, because I'm tripping because the cops is there, you know, with the cameras and stuff. And so, my dumb ass, I'm walking right behind <laughs> you know, on, a, on TV, you know, on and on, while they're going into my brother's house, and they talk about, you're under arrest. He's like, under arrest for what? Uh, domestic violence. What, what kind of domestic violence happened? The girl came to my house. He tried to explain to the cops they didn't want to hear nothing. Mm. So, long story short, they ended up giving the baby back to my my uh, my almost sister in law. And before the report went out, you could hear him saying what what the uh, what my brother's uh, uh, statue was. You know what I'm saying? Description: six foot, two hundred fifty pound. Black man. Mm. Eight police cars came. 
fucking police car. No, no weapons. No nothing. No argument. Just a girl called, said the man got my baby, and she don't tell him everything. So they arrest my brother, and then let him go. Mm. Just enough time for this girl to get this baby. And to this day, that action right there has destroyed the relationship between my brother and his child and my brother and the mother of the child. Mm -hmm. That action right there destroyed a family. The nucleus is so screwed up, man, I I don't know what to say. Right. That's a lot of... Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, it's... It, it, you know, it, it, it's a lot of self-destruction. I mean, it happens on both parts. You know, the police ain't, ain't always at fault, mm-hmm. and neither is the uh, the person. I believe since the police have the, the law and the gun behind them, they should come more open than, than restrictive. Mm-hmm. You know, they should be the ones to understand because they know the law better than us. Right. And that old saying that uh, the ignorance, the, the ignorance of the law is no excuse. Well, if you don't know the law, you're not being taught the law. No one tells you anything about the law, and you know how how poor people and other people are laymen, the, the uh, decipher stuff. We think we know everything. Mm-hmm. Nah, man, you're only touching the surface of what you think you know until you start digging deeper, as we're doing now with these court cases. We're starting to find out how the actual system works the function and the dysfunctions, and then it's, a, it's alliances even within this trial. It's alliances. Right. You know what I'm saying? It's crazy because we think it should be cut and dry, but it isn't. It's a lot of technicalities, you know? Mm-hmm. And then the, the one that really killed me about Floyd was the fact that they put his health on trial. Yeah. Like he caused his own demise from his health. You know, and we can keep dancing around in this circle forever because we can also go back. Well, we had gave uh, poor people and black people the chance to have good health care and all that stuff. He probably wouldn't have those things. Right. So that debate can go on forever. Yeah, that's a so, big one. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? It, it all stops at responsibility. Mm-hmm. That's what stops at. These cops need to be more educated about poor people, black people. I don't care if you grew up in the ghetto. Mm-hmm. You need to be more... more more responsive and understanding of what the people are going to when you're going there to attack them, going there to uh, or confront them, not attack them, but affront, confront them. Right. You know, they, you know, you have to have a more compassionate idea and thought about humanity right. because that's what you're dealing with. It ain't just to lock people up. You know, you're a humanitarian with a gun and the right. law, and you're supposed to act, you know, exercise it equally. Mm-hmm. Now we start. You know, we can get we can talk about the disparities. You know, there's a lot of white people been disparaged, just like a lot of black people. But it seems to be that most of the white people that have been discouraged and despaired hang with black people. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Well, and black people, Hispanics, and poor people right. get treated like crap because you don't have nothing. Well, you know, and that's by design. And, and remember, that's by design and yeah, the narrative that was created. Years ago, it so, is. Uh, it is. I, it is. 
I just want to say, you know, like I was my my girl was telling me, you know, maybe they should have like tranquilizers, you know, like instead of the guns, you know, you got the taser, but maybe have a tranquilizer where you could hit someone and knock them out, Dang. you know, and Cause every, well, yeah, we were saying that everybody, yeah, everybody has different, will have different side effects. Some parts could probably yeah. die right then and there. Yeah. But I was just thinking maybe they should just, you know, along with that, go do, bring something else into play. But I know that the criminals, they got assault weapons. They're not going to bring in, you know, but if, if, if the policemen, like they have the dog, I saw a dog. Uh, mm-hmm. Shout outs to uh, you know the people in New York, and uh, they got this robot dog. Um, mm-hmm. And now it went in and it, it had its official first official drug bust, and this was like two weeks ago. You can look it up; it's on wow. uh, YouTube. So they got the yeah, they got the robots in, and uh, it's from a Boston uh, a a company out of Boston. Uh, I'll hashtag it later for 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 the uh, listeners and sponsors and supporters. I'll hashtag yeah. it for you guys to uh, look up the company in Boston. They made this, you know, this uh, actual robot dog. So I was thinking maybe you should we should go into getting, you know, uh, you know, go into the robots. Bring out the robot yeah. force, you know, something where they could yeah. hit you with a taser and just freeze you or yeah. throw, you know, hit. I don't know. You see it on the movies, but it's actually they do have that type of technology. Yeah. yeah. So if that's where I yeah, was trying I to would, get to that. Yeah. I wouldn't um, use a dog or even think like a dog. All you got to do is set up perimeters. You know what I'm saying? Let's say you set up a perimeter with, let's say, four dogs or just four AIs, some artificial intelligence. You know what I'm saying? And you just cordon off the area. You don't even have to be there to see movement. You know what I'm saying? You could observe that stuff from uh, an office somewhere else. Well, that's what they, yeah, that's what that military does with the drones and things of that nature. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. And then, then you think about that. People are habit forming. We're people of habits. We do the same thing. No matter how you think about it, people always do the same thing no matter where they're at. Mm-hmm. Just do it a little differently. Mm-hmm. Now, if you look something, let's say he gets away in a car. Why are you chasing him all through the neighborhood where you could tear something up, he could tear something up, kill somebody, something like that? We've been following with helicopters, in, you know, forever. You right. know, and I was watching this when we talk about artificial intelligence. I was thinking about this movie where the, the man put a tracker device on the dude's car when he was chasing him. Mm-hmm. And he just backed up them and let them do think he got away type of thing, right? Right. So they track the car, they find the car, the man's not there. But you have all this information, all the, all the, you know, the uh, fingerprints and stuff like that. Right. You know, when a person th- he got away, he think he got away. He goes to where he think is safe at. That means he's been there before. Mm-hmm. And believe me, somebody somehow knows. The same way we're going after these people at the uh, the Capitol riot. Right. The same way they're investigating, looking at people are telling. Now, how are they doing that without killing nobody? Right. You know what I'm saying? Because they're using their brain. They're using the technology that we have. Right. We don't have to go through all this. You know, the police want to show forth. Like, you know, you respect the police at all times. You right. know, the way I was raised, 
you get respect when you get respect. Right. And having that one up on us with a gun and the law behind you, you know, and an army, then you need to come respectful. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Show us what respect is. If we're disrespectful to you, show us what, what, what respect is. Right. You know? That's I'm right. like this. You, you can do what you want, say what you want, just don't put your hands on me. Amen. If Keeping it real. Me, you know, mm-hmm. Now you're in my, you're mm-hmm. in my space. Mm-hmm. You know, your space is the distance of your arm. You put mm-hmm. your arm out and you go in a circumference, a circle. Yeah. That's your that's your personal space. Your comfort zone. When someone comes, yeah, when someone comes inside that personal space mm-hmm. and touch you, grab you, mm-hmm. a fuck, then it's something wrong. Yeah. You know, we we gonna have to have a conversation. Right. You know. Well thank you know, I I you know, in conclusion to this to uh keeping it real on Tuesday. Yeah. You know, I wanna yeah. you know, thank you for giving your honest opinion on, on you know on both you know, both both cases. Um before we end, um could you let the our audience know, you know, um just a little bit more about um she hawk um kind of like you know i've seen the logos and i i love them but you have like different different flavor that you're bringing uh out could if you have a time could you just you know explain you know to the audience about yeah yeah go ahead well, well the idea came from uh my wife mm-hmm. working a job for 20 years plus hey, and man having um, a new boss come in and granted she works for the school district I can say that and so she's a people's person she's been at this job for over 20 our kids went through the system I mean we raised our kids and other kids and got them into colleges and stuff like that mm-hmm. and then we had these two superintendents that really loved the kids and worked for pennies on the dollar they came out of retirement and they, they tag-teamed it, and we went through and built the the school system up, and it was on a rise. We, we finally got the parents involved, mm-hmm. you know. The parents kind of, like, haphazard come to the games, come to the awards when they wanted. We got them interested. Right. And so my wife gets a new boss. The lady comes in as a tyrant. Like, I'm the boss, you do what I say. I don't care what anybody, you do what I say, whether it's good, right, wrong, or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so, my wife has been there longer, tenured longer than anybody, pretty much. And yeah, anybody. She, everybody was gone. She, she started as a, as a young lady. And so, she knew everything and everybody and was well-loved and respected because she was one of these super honest, truthful people. Always been that way, you know. Mm-hmm. And the lady did not like her notoriety. The lady wanted to be the one that everyone looks at because she had all of the credentials, you know, four or yeah. five degrees and all this stuff, and she's bringing all this nuance, you know, to a slow-moving town. Right. It, it's like it's like the governor, a mayor of New York, going to, uh, 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 what is that, uh, Mayberry, mm-hmm. Andy Griffith. Yeah. So imagine that, a person with all these these grand ideas from the big city coming to this little country town trying to change the people. 
Right. And Good so scenario. the people yeah, yeah. Were worried. And my wife tried to explain that to her, and she just disregarded everything. She slowly took my wife's duties away. You know, because mm. she's assistant to this woman here, to this new new superintendent. She is her assistant. So this woman starts delegating duties to her friends that she hired in the office. She, she brought in her people and befriended a lot of people and started giving the duties away to my wife. Mm-hmm. And my wife would just be breaking down, come home crying, and I never, I'm the one that make her cry. You know, I've been with my wife 40 years. I made her cry. Nobody else, you know. <laughs> right. And I don't make her cry no more. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. you definitely going to make her cry. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I just told her, you, you be compliant. You, you go back and read your job description, and you do as told. I said, because one thing I do know, you've been there longer than she has, and you've outlived. Uh, this is like our fifth or sixth superintendent. So you've been through it all, so she will soon pass. And um, as I'm driving, I had a little driving job, and I'm thinking, I'm just like, man, what can I do You know, to inspire my wife to give her something other than this syndrome that she's going through? And uh, I was listening to a a guy talk about sports and mm-hmm. about the things going on in, in Washington and in Seattle. Right. And they were speaking on how most of these teams and most of these events are men-driven. There's really nothing for the lady. Mm-hmm. You know, there's nothing. You have to wear men's apparel and dress it up and make it woman's apparel. And so... The idea of She-Hawk hit me, you know, like, wow, the same way these guys are Seahawk fans, these women are Seahawk fans, they can have their own identity as a She-Hawk and still help support women and the state. You know, not the team per se, but just the state, right? Mm -hmm. And so I did some research and found out that nobody had trademarked the name. They had used it in other small sporting events for youth football and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And so my idea was the um, to build an apparel, you know, a clothing line that could do both. You know, give you a rah-rah for the state, a rah-rah for the team, a rah-rah for, you know, women. Right. And, as, you know, as time developed, wow, people... Mm-hmm just took hold of it and started running with it faster than I could, mm. you know? So, yeah, so it was going so fast I had to stop myself and get the trademark first because I, I should have did trademark, got that first, and then, you know, went into it. But, man, mm-hmm. as I mentioned it, and, and you know, if I have to actually sit down and put it together and grow it properly. I don't want it to be haphazard. Right. And so uh, it's a slow process. I thought I could just do it overnight, but no, this is a slow process. And as we developed, I ran into a few other ladies because those are my mentors, no matter who they are. And um, one of the women that I had dealt with was saying, you don't want this to be something that men fear. So I had to have a good slogan. And over the years, you know, the slogans went and came and I ended up with, we are one. Mm-hmm. And it and it fits the climate of what's happening now, right? You know what I'm saying? We all need to be united. All men, women, children, uh, black, blue, purple, white, Christian, uh, Muslim, whatever. 
we all be need to be united on something. Right. We don't have to be necessarily united on everything, but we need to be united on love and humanity first. You know, so right. as the idea came to me and I shopped it around, it began to blow up on me. Mm-hmm. And so it, it, it almost overwhelmed me. So it's a slow roll. It's coming. Mm-hmm. And people love it. Right. I mean, why? Well, they, can, they can go to uh, your Instagram page um, and uh, check it out. And what's the Instagram page that you have? Is it uh, Kenny, you know, Kenny Timpson? I, I don't. I want, to, I want to tell you the truth. You helped me put it together, and I don't remember what my Instagram oh, page was. Oh, it's at, at Kenny Timpson. I'll hashtag it uh, in the yeah. thing there. But, uh, yeah, thank you because – about to run out of they, they, yeah they sent me yeah hold on man I want to put a plug for you you know this man right here you're the one that inspired me and helped me and directed me uh how to how to take the pasta the proper steps so I have to give you a shout out too because without your inspiration and knowledge I wouldn't be as far as I am now you know thank you always give me the yeah, you always give me the one up, but you—it's all deserving because you—you're the one who inspires a lot of people, whether whether people know it or not. It's, it's quite as kept. Yeah, thank you. But I do. Yeah, thank you. But yeah. keep. Yeah, thank you. But keep that on the note. <laughs> but from the keep it, keep it real. real. Keep it real. <laughs> We're gonna uh, thank you, Miss Timpson, for coming on to the M dot H six double in a podcast. Yeah. So we're going to go ahead, like we always say, at the end of the day, baby. Another controversial move in Minneapolis. The city council there stripped $8 million from the police budget despite record crime rates since the death of George Floyd. Our next guest knows all too well the effects the increase in violence has had on that community after her salon was burned down during the riots in May. The owner of Flora's Hair Designs, Flora Westerbrooks, joins us now from the Twin Cities. Flora, good morning to you. Good morning. You know, we've been talking to you about once a month over the last five or six months. Uh, what do you think of the police, who everybody, of course, needs, uh, having $8 million taken from their budget? That wouldn't seem that uh, that would be a good idea when you got crime going through the roof, which you do. Oh, gosh. Um, that's terrible. <laughs> you know, I don't think they should cut that $8 million from the police department. No. We need the police. We need them. Uh, of course you do. When you look at the crime rates since last year, arson, and you know this all too well because you were burned out, uh, arson is up 77%, assaults up 24%, homicides 73%, robberies 48%, and the last number is I, it's hard to believe. Carjackings are up 331% in Minneapolis over the last year. Sons on the corner for the paper. So 
sweet love, I need a baker We got the oven off, but the jet about to take off And I don't got a plane, I got a lot of pain So I use a lot of game when I'm washing out those stains This my laundry mat flow Push shopping carts where the garbage bag hold I sold my food stamps from the welfare office And bought three grams, I'm trying to get a portion I swipe you on the train if you give me two dollars I did it ten times, I'm trying to flee the projects Me and my nigga had candy on the train We sold a hundred Snickers, I'm trying to get a range Downtown parking too loose for a dollar I sold a whole carton, I want me an apartment Got my own bitch Selling that pussy, she ain't about that, but she do it cause she with me. Mm. She said I love you, baby. I said I love you too. Not going get the money, little. I used to draw the sun on the corner of the paper. Now I'm writing songs and I ain't using paper. The shit easy like a layup. Niggas past the rock and I ain't nothing like a Laker. I don't got a ring, we dirty everything. So I use a lot of gang when I'm washing out these stains. This my laundry mat flow Push the shopping carts where the garbage bag hold Y'all's To the poverty is justice, but I ain't got a lawyer, so I ain't got nothing. Life is like a vacuum, it got a lot of suction. Lord, what the fuck? How I'm supposed to function? Dance with the devil, spontaneous combustion. Chasing that money, I'm on my forest gumption. Sometimes I wish life had a reset button. It's whack, I feel like we all crabs in the bucket. Nights I fell asleep, it was nothing in my stomach. Like my bankroll had that Benjamin button. Those I love most was. Constantly frontin', I pray the money coming. All of a sudden, all of a sudden, I'm hosanna. Get the camera, snap the picture. What's poured in the picture? It's like I'm burning cold. I give you summer, winter, spring into the money. Then I fall into a blizzard. Little, my mama took me to the hospital when they cut open my leg. Cause I can only walk a little to the littles. Never grow up, cause it's a trap. Keep it right where you're at. Life better as a kid when you're little. Sunny said, nobody cares. Sunny said nobody cares. Sunny said nobody cares. Sunny said nobody cares. Little, I used to draw the sun on the corner of the paper. Now I got my sons on the corner for the paper. Sweet love, I need a baker. We got the oven off, but the jet about to take off. And I don't got a plane, I got a lot of pain, so I use a lot of game when I'm washing out those stains. This my laundry mat flow. Push the shopping carts where the garbage bag hold yards. I say, I say yards.